We are on day 19. Day 19. Over the 450 hour mark. And we're just 2,000 minutes shy of 30,000 minutes. Alright. So, I believe we left off getting ready to talk about the villains. The Hammer Gang. So... You could probably put two and two together with one of the main positive characters in the Quit Rich story being a piggy bank. It only made sense to figure out what would want to harm a piggy bank and a hammer. It was definitely one of those things. Uh, back in the day when people really used piggy banks, they didn't really have plugs. They were meant to really keep your money uh, safe and keep it uh, secure until you're ready to get into it and when you got into it you had to smash the piggy bank and whether you took a ha- hammer to it or threw it on the floor you know it's really up to you but that's how it was done so wanted to have a hammer villain and because I wanted to show people and showcase people their various habits um, outside of just smoking but I wanted to use addiction and and habits and things that people constantly spend money on as consumers and um, with an addiction being a reckless consumer because there's there's almost no stopping them they physically can't sometimes mentally can't we know that struggle being on this path that we're on right now um, but I, I decided to use many different industries and I thought to myself, okay, well, I'm going to have a couple different hammers and it's going to be like a hammer gang. And one of the first thoughts was, well, that's kind of reminiscent of Kung Fu Hustle's Axe Gang. And I thought that might have been where I drew a little bit of inspiration. Uh, the other thing is I needed to start thinking about personalities, so I tapped into a couple different uh, villain gang resources uh, from my childhood. One of my favorites being the Toon Squad. Um, you may know them as the Weasels from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. They all have different personalities, and uh, I was always a big fan of them. And I know that's weird, you're not normally supposed to really take to the villain all that much, but they were super interesting characters to me. And even prior to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, they were good characters. Uh, so I went kind of into the concept, the concept work for those characters and I realized there's actually a couple weasels that didn't make the cut. There's some of them that uh, just... I don't know why they really removed them but they did take them out Uh, and I also went down a little bit of a rabbit hole pun intended to see all the different things that came along with making a movie that uh, allowed Warner Brothers, Disney and several other studios I'm not sure if Hanna-Barbera was involved in that or not but all these different studios intellectual property all in one film I thought that was pretty crazy. If you ever get a chance to check out the Wikipedia or uh, fan sites for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, 
a lot of cool information in regards to it. Uh, another place I drew inspiration is a cartoon called Darkwing Duck. I really liked how it was set up with uh, the villains um, like Bushroot and Megavolt. Or there's Mega Duck, and then there's the, the little rat with a light socket on his head or the plug on his head. I think it's Megavolt or something like that. But they they each had different elements for one. Uh, that was really neat, and they had like a mega boss, which I thought was really cool as well. So the hammers as well have a mega boss. He hasn't been revealed yet um, for the people in the future that have already seen all that. Uh, just try to imagine these characters being announced thus far, and the hammer gang's boss kind of being this mystery shadow figure. Uh, let's go by each one of these hammers here. So, uh, I wanted to have, not only did I want them to have personality and I want them to resemble, um, some of the cartoon influences that I had, uh, growing up and these various different, uh, villain concepts that I had been presented throughout life and just inspiration from that I wanted them to resemble that a little bit but I also wanted them to kind of be a big fuck you to the advertising companies that advertised for these industries throughout the years that prey on people's addictions um, I'm not sure if I can name them without getting into to trouble but um, I'll just go one by one and we'll we'll start with Ash. Uh, Ash when I commissioned Ash to be developed, uh, the idea behind him was to have him look like a greaser and look like a the guy that was a stereotypical cool guy in the 50s, 60s and so on. He, he was definitely going to resemble other <laughs> characters that have been kind of pitched to kids. Uh, so that's, that's Ash. And the funny story is, for majority of these hammers, the original concept uh, names for them, I had them all named after parasites. And I abbreviated the Latin names for each one of these parasites. And I picked the parasites that attack humans um, and that live off or find humans as the hosts. And I chose the areas of the body that that particular parasite affects to correlate with the habit that the, the hammer represented. Turns out that a lot of the Latin words did not when I abbreviated them or cut them off to try and make them sound more like a name, uh, they lost all meaning entirely, and they were some really wacky names. So luckily, I had a really creative um, animator that I commissioned, and he kind of helped me go back and forth and brainstorm with a couple different ideas. And some of these uh, names he, he had presented as possible suggestions. Uh, the brilliance behind naming Ash Ash is I wanted after a person to be introduced after a person was introduced to this character 
and the Quit Ridge Season 1 experience in general, and then they went on to continue the habit, I still wanted there to be a remnant of memory of the character. So if you continue smoking, you're obviously going to ash your cigarette, or you're going to have to dump out an ashtray. Um, and it's just one of those things where he'll, he'll pop up. He'll still be around the habit uh, if you're still around the habit. And that's just my creativity running kind of crazy, which it does. Uh, let's see. Let's go into Adrena. So Adrena Seasons, she is modeled after the gaming industry, and I, I need to be fair with myself. Um, the thing is, a lot of these addictions are things that I haven't necessarily gotten to the level of being addicted to, but some of them, a lot of them, I have, and I realized if I'm going to be really fair, I need to look at addictions besides just consumables, <laughs> uh, as far as like food and, you know, ingestibles, I should say. Uh, and I decided, you know, I need to take that along with myself and realize that, you know, I have had a gaming addiction at some point in my life. There was a, a good portion where my ex-wife and I, my first wife and I, uh, had played a video game for about 10 years of our life. And it was an online video game. We pretty much lived in this video game with our friends that were all over the world and we had many adventures, and it was, you know, sometimes it was just mindless grinding um, that felt like playing Farmville <laughs> for years. Uh, but it was also really, really fun social interaction. We got to have a good time. It was exciting for what it was, but it also was an addiction. Um, there was, we, we would do anything to keep the subscription alive. And it even got to the point where there's times where we could barely afford to keep our subscription going the next month. And when you let something get in, in the way of your livelihood that much, it is no longer a healthy thing for you. So I decided to create Adrena and have her talk about the gaming industry. And being an old school gamer that I am, I've been gaming since I can remember. I, I think I started on an Atari that my parents had, and it wasn't the one with the... Well, we eventually got the joystick for it that had the one orange button, but we had the one with the dials for Pong. Those were the controllers that we had for our Atari. I eventually upgraded to the joystick controller, and then um, one awesome Christmas... My brother and I were gifted the Nintendo Entertainment System. We got the one with the power pad and the, the zapper. My parents had gotten some kind of bundle or something that nature. And uh, they, they went all out that Christmas. And it was huge, massive. And it was all over at that point. Uh, I loved to game. Now, being somebody that has kind of followed the video game industry and purchased consoles after as they've gotten released and don't get me wrong I had to work my butt off do chores find people around the neighborhood that would let me pull weeds 
I would do lawns, I would do whatever I could to raise cash so I could continue to buy video games and play video games because there's no way my parents are going to fund that habit. Um, they, they barely bought us clothes. <laughs> so uh, don't get the wrong impression. But uh, actually, I don't even think they really bought us clothes that often. We, we got a lot of hand-me-downs from older cousins, which... You know, some may look at it as a blessing, but I'm going to school wearing a hot pink Nike shirt from the 80s in, like, 1992. It didn't work out so well for me. But uh, I, the baggy jean thing couldn't have come sooner because it's definitely wearing those. Anyways, moving forward, Adrena uh, symbolizes everything I hate about what has happened with the video game industry as far as corporations becoming involved. There's a lot of people that become involved in video games that are more businessy than anything. They may not have even played video games in their life, or if they did, it was like this novelty thing. That they could go to an arcade and play some pinball or something, or some Pac-Man, and then them try to use that as their stamp of "Oh, I've I've been a gamer since classes, classic gaming, and blah blah blah." But if you really followed it you'd realize there was an art to it and there's a great amount of positive benefit I want to say there's things that it can teach you culture uh, lessons between characters so life lessons Uh, it can just expand your horizons in many different ways not only that uh, problem solving puzzle solving critical thinking, hand-eye coordination, um, so on and so forth. There's a lot of great things the video game world has brought to us, and then corporate people came in and decided, well, these people really like their video games. I bet we can take chunks of them uh, and break it into multiple parts and charge them separately. How can we get more money from these people? And... It, it kind of snowballed from there. Uh, I feel like that's where we got all these free-to-play games that basically allow you to play through it just long enough to get hooked and committed on the game before the difficulty curve spikes to an insane amount. It makes you start having to spend an unreasonable amount of time on the game. And if you're somebody that, you know, you don't have that kind of time or those, the kind of patience, which the game slowly, slowly wears on your patience, uh, you'll end up paying them. Oh, what's a dollar here? What's two dollars there to get this final part of the game that I need or this part that gets me to the next part and the free to play model is pretty much completely conceptualized around addiction and it sucks and it's it's unfortunately invaded even console games with loot crates and season passes and not being able to buy a video game that has all the characters in the video game now you gotta buy the different characters as a gamer that started when I did and followed the industry as closely as I did and invested as much time and energy in my life in the industry as I have, I find it extremely offensive 
what the video game industry has become and what we've allowed and accepted as gamers to have come into that industry. Because in all actuality, if we decided not to support a company that did these free-to-play DLC loot crate style uh, scenarios, that game business would go out of business immediately. The game company would just go belly up. And we've seen it happen many and many times, uh, especially if a company releases a big flop, they, they lose. Uh, you could see uh, customer power impact in the gaming industry when you look at the pre-launch of the Xbox One versus the PS4. Xbox totally, Microsoft totally shot themselves in the foot by trying to make their consoles um, not be able to play games unless they're connected to the internet, A. And once the game was connected to the internet, the actual physical disc would register to the system and be locked to that particular system, no longer allowing gamers to have any equity in that product to go and sell it uh, secondhand and used uh, or trade into GameStop or what have you. And that was Microsoft trying to eliminate GameStop cutting into their profits and also trying to help developers get uh, constant new game sales instead of uh, getting uh, shafted when when new customers that came to play their game would go and buy a used copy instead of buying a copy directly from the developer. Uh, it was a greed move, it was a power move, and Xbox, when they heard any kind of pushback from their fans, they decided to tell their fans, well, you're just too stupid to get it. Let's break it down for you in a more simpler way. And that was probably the worst thing that you could possibly do. And gamers reacted and Microsoft bowed out. They changed. They changed to a format that uh, not only does it did they take back what they were going to do, but they gave gamers more of what they want. Backwards compatibility is now a thing on Xbox One. Uh, all the way to the original Xbox, which is something that, as a PlayStation owner, I don't own an Xbox uh, at this point, as a PlayStation owner, I sorely miss backwards compatibility. I think that that is a feature that should have never been removed. I'm somebody that likes to keep my game catalog. Now, in these recent years, I've decided to kind of part ways with it because I don't want to track down all these old systems. Sony's kind of forced me to part ways with my old games, which they're in turn going to do HD remakes and try and, you know, this. these game companies are not doing things that are friendly to us as a consumer, and I think we need to make our voice heard about it, especially when it comes to the DLC stuff. But uh, back on the Xbox PlayStation scenario, even with Xbox trying to retrace all its steps, uh, and granted, they didn't do it until they launched the console and realized that nobody was buying it. They all went to buy PS4s. Uh, they have been backpedaling ever since, but they've done a great job of doing so. And they're in pretty good shape to take Sony head-on for the next generation of consoles. And hopefully Sony is prepared for that. But anyways, Adrena... Uh, I named her Adrena Seasons, last name Seasons, 
not to be reminiscent of a season pass. When you hear season pass, I want you to think of dreams, Adrena seasons, and I want you to just know your money's going to her. Uh, the one that sees that you're addicted and tries to profit off your addiction as much as possible. Uh, Adrena uh, was actually a name came up with by uh, Evan from Evan M Animations that helped me do the concept work for these characters. And he combined the term, uh, uh, the words adrenaline and arena together and came up with Adrena. And I thought that was really cool. He did too. Uh, he really liked that one. Uh, let's see if I can get another villain. We're moving to the 20 hour mark on this particular uh, segment. So maybe I'll wait till the next one. Uh, yeah, I'll wait till tomorrow. But uh, thank you for joining me, guys, and we'll see you on the next day.